Hold still. Here comes an all-new Boy Meets World on ABC. When this Bam. Bam. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Man Meets World podcast. I am your host, the man that is meeting the world. My name is Brandon. At the time I am recording this, episode one has been available for only five days, and I have to say I'm completely blown away by the response it has received. Thank you to everybody who has already subscribed to the show. If you have not yet subscribed, but you downloaded a streamed episode one, I thank you as well. I want to give a specific shout-out to Ashley Johnson, who is at Ashes2Ashes on Twitter. She was, one, the first person to interact with me on Twitter, and two, and most importantly, the first person to write a review for Mammy's World on iTunes. A five-star review, no less. So thank you, Ashley. I greatly appreciate it. And if you are listening for the first time, I also want to thank you and, of course, welcome you to Man Meets World. This is a show about me, a 31-year-old superfan of the Boy Meets World television series. I am watching every episode in chronological order and then dissecting each episode for your listening pleasure. Last time we started at the beginning with Season 1, Episode 1, The Pilot. The main takeaway of this episode was the introduction of a lot of the main characters. First and foremost, we were introduced to Corey Matthews, who at this point in the show is a typical 6th grade boy. He likes to hang out with his friends, he really doesn't have much use for girls, he loves to play video games, and he loves sports, especially the Philadelphia Phillies. One of the friends he hangs out with is Sean Hunter. After episode one, their friendship has not been established as strongly as it will be as season one moves on, but you should know that they are BFFs. We were also introduced to the rest of the Matthews family. We have older brother Eric, who Corey shares a room with. Eric will go through probably the biggest character transformation out of anybody over the entire seven seasons of Boy Meets World, but during this part of the show in season one, he is your typical high school boy. Girls are the only thing on his mind, and he is the cooler, good-looking one. Then we have the parents, mom and dad, a.k.a. Mr. and Mrs. Matthews, a.k.a. Alan and Amy. They're a loving, caring parents. Perhaps another way one would describe them as firm but fair. A consequence is necessary. They will give it, but it will be fair, and it will always be done because they love their children. And, of course, we have little sister Morgan, who is mainly there for the key factor and for comedic relief. Last, but certainly not least, we have Mr. Feeney. I know, I know, I know. I'll try not to say his name like that every time, but it's hard. Mr. Feeney, the next-door neighbor of the Matthews family, and Corey's teacher. As we go through each season and each episode, he is always going to be there to provide wisdom and important life lessons. This show, I'll be talking about Season 1, Episode 2, titled On the Fence. It originally aired on October 1st, 1993. Sink the 
pick any superhero to be your dad, who would you choose? Batman, no question. Live in a cool cave, ball the Batmobile. He lets Robin hang out with him and play with all his stuff. And Robin's not even his real kid. He's his ward. How do you get to be a ward? Batman? Is he faster than a speeding bullet? I don't think so. Is he more powerful than a locomotive? Uh-uh. I'd want Superman. Sees through walls, you never get away with anything. Because I'd make somebody a very cool war. I'd like to have Superman for a dad. Hey, there's Minkus. Hydrosaturator. Careful. If Feeney sees this baby on school grounds, he'll shag it and not have to sit out the water war. Much like the pilot, this episode starts in the school cafeteria. Now, I mentioned before that this seems to be a school with only two rooms the cafeteria and Mr. Feeney's classroom. So we start in what I, get, what I guess is room number one, the calf. So we see Corey, Sean, and a random third person at a table. I mentioned last episode that while we might remember it just being Corey and Sean, sometimes in season one, it, it was just Corey and Sean, and other times it was Corey, Sean, and another random person. Last episode, it was Nicholas. This episode, it's a character named Ellis. Now, Nicholas, from the pilot, looked familiar to me. When I went to IMDB.com, turns out I recognized him because he was Squints from the movie The Sandlot. Alice really did not look familiar to me other than the fact that I remembered him from season one on Boy Meets World, but I still looked him up on IMDb.com, and he is played by an actor named Dewan Guy, and which sounds, by the way, like the wrong guy, but Dewan Guy, and turns out he had bit parts in a lot of hit 90s TV, uh, TV series like Baywatch, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Sister Sister, in Living Color, Beverly Hills 90210, and while it was not a series, he was also in the movie Little Giants, which was a great 90s movie, and his most recent IMDb credits from 2015, something called The Ortega Show. I had never heard of it. I googled it. Really could not find out any information about it. Seems like they filmed the pilot. Not sure if it ever made it to air. If you know anything about The Ortega Show, message me on Twitter at MMWPod, because I really have no clue what it is. So, Corey, Sean, and Alice are sitting around the table, and they are having a debate about superheroes. Now, my cousin Mike, who produces and edits the show and is also the founder of Fans Not Experts, will be happy to know that Corey and Sean are big DC fans. In fact, they're having a very timely debate because a recent movie that came out and was a big hit was Batman vs. Superman, and this is the exact debate they're having. By the way, if you're interested, if you want to know, Sean was for Batman, and Corey was for Superman. In fact, and this is going to be important later, Corey makes the statement, I would like to have Superman as a dad. So then we are shown another main character who was not in the pilot, Mr. Stuart Minkus. This is also the part of the episode where I started getting concerns for the children's well-being. So, in this scene, we find out that there's going to be a big water war. 
And Sean reveals that he is ready when he pulls out his water gun. Alice, not one to be outdone, pulls out a bigger water gun. And then Minkus pulls out the biggest water gun. This is a very manly moment for these three boys, but not so much for Corey. And I'll explain about that in a moment. And I'll explain why I was concerned for their well-being in a moment. But I need to go off on a little... uh, I need to digress a little bit because these water guns were super soakers. They were not called super soakers because that is a trademarked brand. But they were super soakers. And it brought me back to my childhood. And I could relate to Corey because Corey did not have a water gun, never mind a super soaker. And I, as a child... Also never had a, uh, a super soaker, and I always wanted one. And I've said super soaker a lot. Um, I'm going to see how many times I can say super soaker. Super soaker. Super soaker. All right, I'll stop. Um, I did have Nerf guns, though. Nerf guns were a lot of fun. But again, I am digressing a little too much now. So back to the episode. We have uh, the water gun debate. Sean pulls out his. Alice pulls out... (laughs) This sounds really bad out of context. Uh, Pulls out a bigger one, and then Minkus pulls out the biggest. So, Corey says, who needs a water gun when you have water balloons? He goes to the water faucet, and he starts making one. But before he does, he turns around, and literally everybody in the cafeteria has a super soaker pointed at him. So this is when I started getting concerned about the children's well-being. So, and it raised three questions. Question one, how does every kid in the school have a super soaker? Question two, how does every kid in the school sneak in a super soaker and then proceed to sneak it around while they carry it around with them all day? And then third of all, and this is where the well-being comes into play, where is the adult supervision? Obviously, when I originally watched this show, I really thought nothing of it. But now I am a 31-year-old man. I am a teacher. That is my day job. I am a teacher. And if a room full of children were left unattended, that is a fireable offense. In fact, it is illegal. If I am in a classroom, scheduled to be in a classroom or scheduled to be in a cafeteria... That is my legal responsibility. If I leave and something happens to those children, I will be held legally responsible. I know this is boring, (laughs) and I know it's silly, but this is where my mind goes now as a 31-year-old man. This is how I view Boy Meets World differently sometimes, or television differently sometimes. But lo and behold, everybody has a super soaker, and they all start spraying Corey, and then finally, an adult shows up. Mr. Feeney walks in. Now, it's no fault of Mr. Feeney. He's a great teacher. He does his job well. He does what he needs to do. It's not his fault that he is apparently the only adult on duty in this entire school. Then again, I guess the school's only two rooms, so one adult might suffice. But he walks into the cafeteria, looking down at his tray, and everybody immediately hides their uh, super soaker, so nobody uh, gets caught. But of course... Corey is now soaking wet because everybody was spraying him with water. And Mr. Feeney goes, Mr. Matthews, the drinking fountain is not a toy. 
then we transition from the school to the Matthews house. And Mr. Matthews, dad, Alan, whatever you want to call him, he is just getting home from work. And he asks Amy, Mrs. Matthews, what is horrible? She says, you need to go up to the boys' bathroom because the sink is leaking. So Alan, without any hesitation, says a quick hello to Morgan, who's sitting at the kitchen table, grabs his stuff, and heads upstairs. On his way up, he bumps into Corey, who's heading downstairs to the kitchen. And Corey tries to get his dad's attention, but dad is sort of like, not right now, I gotta go fix your sink. Uh, Let's talk later. So Corey moves on to his mother, and his mom knows that something's up because he's talking about how beautiful she looks and really talking her up, really sucking up to her. And then Corey drops the bomb. The water wars are coming up, and he needs a water gun. But not just any water gun. He needs a super soaker. But not just any super super soaker. He needs the best super soaker, which costs $50. Mrs. Matthews cannot believe that anybody would spend 50 bucks on a water gun. Dad, Alan, because he's such a handyman, quickly repairs the bathroom sink. He's quickly back downstairs. And Mom goes, can you believe this? Corey wants us to spend $50 on a water gun. A $50 squirt gun? No, really. What's he want? Dad, we're not talking an ordinary squirt gun. We're talking the Hydrosat 3000Z. It's the big boy on the block. That's nice, Core. Pretty steep, though. Maybe for Christmas. Hey, great, a water gun in December. I'll be the little boy spreading pneumonia. Needless to say, Corey does not get the water gun, does not get the super soaker. Dad says, maybe for Christmas. Corey then goes back up to his bedroom, and Eric is trying to program a girl's number into his watch, but he's having a difficult time because he really cannot get out of uh, the arcade baseball game thing, majig. Now, this is where I started thinking, maybe Eric is from the future, because I think he has an Apple Watch, and if he was from the future, maybe that explains why Place with Squirrels was so wise, because he had seen the future and could come back to the past and share his wisdom. And I'm realizing as I'm saying this, that if you are not past season one, episode two of Boy Meets World, you have no clue what I'm talking about. And even if you are, you still might have no clue what I'm talking about because I'm sounding like a madman and I apologize, but this is where my mind goes sometimes because, well, I am a weirdo. Um, But anyways, Corey and Eric did have a conversation saying, how did you get mom and dad to buy that for you? And Eric said, I bought it myself. I got a job at the grocery store. I cashed in my first paycheck and I bought it with my own money. And Corey said, Mom and dad doesn't care that you spent your money on that. And Eric goes, no, they said I could spend money on whatever I want because it was my money. I earned it. So then we go back downstairs to the kitchen and Amy and Alan are there. And guess what? That now the kitchen sink needs to be repaired. So Alan gets to work. Apparently, Alan is the master of repairing sinks. If you have a sink that needs a fixin', call Mr. Matthews. Corey comes back downstairs, and he starts talking up his dad, and he asks for a job at the grocery store. We find out in this scene that Alan is the manager of the grocery store, so he definitely has the power to hire somebody. But he tells Corey that he is just too young and encourages him, encourages him not to work and just enjoy being a kid. Dad, nobody likes a whiner. <laughs> no, I need a job. You need to be a kid. I don't 
want to be a kid. Oh, that's too bad, because once it's gone, you can never get it back. I want to be able to afford stuff. So do I. <laughs> so after getting denied by mom and dad, Corey moves on to Mr. Feeney, who is outside uh, at his garden. And Feeney is pruning his prize, a Glunteria floribundas. Only Mr. Feeney would know what the heck that is. Uh, so Corey tries to get work out of Feeney now. And he offers to do work for Feeney's beloved garden, but Feeney does not want him anywhere near his flowers because he loves them so much. So then Corey asks for a $50 advance on shoveling his driveway in the winter, but Feeney is like, that's sort of steep, kid. I mean, weather's pretty unpredictable. I'm not paying you that much money for something that you might not even have to do if it's a mild winter. And... Then, though, Mr. Feeney, damn, I did it a second time. I'm so sorry. I I really do apologize. I'll try to say it. Normally, from now on, Mr. Feeney, um, he then offers Corey the job of painting his shutters. And, of course, classic Feeney, he has to set up as a math problem. He said $5 per window at two per window for eight windows. So five times two times eight corresponds to what's that? Like 58 bucks? Feeny smiles knowing that he's wrong. They shake hands. That Feeny is a sly, sneaky man. And then says, you are worth every inch of that C plus I gave you in math. Long story short, Corey did a great job of paying the shutters. He even got it done ahead of schedule. But of course, the story does not end here. He gets paid the 58 bucks, but then they find out the paint went through the shutters and it stained the fence on the Matthew side. So instead of going to the water wars, dad is making him paint the fence. So while he's painting and he's, they show him really working here. He's putting on coats and coats and coats and Sean Minkus and Alice show up with their super soakers. And they want Corey to come to the water war. Corey already got 58 bucks. He bought his gun, but he's not able to go because he has to paint the darn fence. So Corey then tries to sucker them into helping him. He offers them the rest of his money, $7, all that he has left over. And, you know, $7 split three ways, that is ka-ching. who read the summer reading list? Tom Sawyer? He's sucking you in to do the work for him. Guys, who are you gonna listen to, me or the banana? Well, let's see. The banana says play, you say work. We're gonna hang with the big yellow guy. Okay, look, I got seven bucks left after buying my hydro set. And it's yours if you help me paint the fence. I say we hold out for lunch. And that's Mr. Banana to you, bud. So they decide to do the work. And this leads to a scene after some time progresses and they've been working for a while. Where Eric is shown in the kitchen. Morgan sitting on the kitchen counter tying his apron. It's obvious that Eric is getting ready to go to work. Corey comes in, gets something out of the freezer, 
which, by the way, looks like pudding pops, which got me thinking, do Jell-O pudding pops exist anymore? I mean, I've not seen them advertised in a long time. I could not tell you the last time I saw them in a grocery store. Do they exist? Because if so, I need to buy them. I mean, there was chocolate, there was vanilla, or my personal favorite, chocolate and vanilla. If they exist, if you can provide evidence to me, please tweet me at MMWPod. Do Jell-O Pudding Pops exist? I need to know. So Corey and Eric, in this scene, start bitching and moaning about how hard work life is and how hard it is being adults. And Morgan asks Corey for a pudding pop. Corey just sticks it in her mouth and says, great, another mouth to feed. So Corey then goes back outside. He gives the pudding pops to his boys, Sean, Ellis, Minkus. But Corey has a little bit of attitude. He's getting tired of working. He's getting frustrated of working. He's getting a little frustrated with their effort. And quite frankly, they don't like his attitude. They decide they're going to bail and try to catch the water wars before it's dark. And they leave him high and dry. Feeney then comes out and sees a paint trip on his side of the fence that he wants fixed. Corey literally collapses on the ground. Alan, who's just arriving home from work, goes, What did you do to my kid, George? Corey responds, Overworked, stress-related injury. Feeney then tells Alan, My father taught me the importance of work ethic and taught me good work ethic and made me work from dusk to dawn and the kawaii came out. And then goes back inside his house. And as soon as he is out of sight, Alan replies, I don't want you working anymore. And this tells you a little bit about their relationship. Alan, Mr. Matthews, and Mr. Feeney, they have a bit of an interesting relationship where they are good neighbors to each other. They're friendly to each other. But they have conflicting views sometimes. They do not always see eye to eye. And this is a little bit of foreshadowing for what is coming up in season one. Next episode. Shh. And anyways, Alan sees the super soaker Corey bought and Corey's like, too bad I can't use it because I have to paint this fence. So Alan lets him off the hook. Corey goes, is not my responsibility to finish the fence? And Alan goes, I think it's your responsibility to be 11 years old as long as you can. By the way, Corey's supposed to have the big gun on the block. He's supposed to have spent 50 bucks on this thing. Alice and Minkus both had a bigger one at the beginning of the episode. So how did that thing cost you 50 bucks, Corey? I think you got ripped off. I'm just saying. So Corey runs off to the Water Wars. He comes home. He is soaked. Eric is lying on the bed, completely exhausted from work. Turns out he only worked half a shift, and he is still so tired. Eric goes, I don't know how he does it. Who, asked Corey? Dad, Eric replies, 12-hour shifts, never sits, eats his lunch standing up, never takes a break. It's like he's not human. Corey then cuts him off and goes, it's like he's Superman. A half-asleep Eric pokes his head up, huh? Corey goes, Superman is my dad, as he watches him out the window, finishing painting the fence. This, of course, brings a full circle to the opening scene where they're debating about superheroes, and Corey wishes... He had Superman as his dad. Turns out, in Corey's eyes, he does. 
So in the final scene, the whole Matthews family is at the dinner table, and Corey stands up and literally calls out his father, saying he's hogging all the work around here. He then takes out a mini water gun and tells his dad to draw. His dad's like, with what? And Corey shoots his dad with water. Corey gets scolded by Alan about shooting water guns at the dinner table. And Corey goes, well, maybe you would shoot one if you had one. Turns out he does, because Corey traded in his big super soaker for two minis and taped the second one underneath the kitchen table. So they start having a little water fight. Corey goes, Dad, I know you said you only get to be a kid once, only 11-year-old, only 11 years old once, but I thought it would be nice if you revisited sometimes. Corey and Dad then start shooting Amy, Mrs. Matthews, who then retaliates with a kitchen hose, whatever they call it, they're the spray thing at the kitchen thing. You know what I'm talking about. And all the Matthews end up being outside having a huge fight, huge water fight, I should say, except for Morgan, who's sitting on the kitchen counter eating cookies out of the jar. And But then she gets on the telephone. This crazy girl calls 911, saying her parents are fighting. And then Feeney comes out and goes, You shot my Floribundas, his prized Floribundas that he was pruning earlier in the episode. So again, we come full circle. And then we hear Morgan go, They just shot the neighbor. And then Morgan's listening to the phone and he goes, And she goes, Hold on, let me ask. Mommy, what's our address? Bringing season one, episode two, on the fence. To its epic conclusion. So, I enjoyed this episode. I appreciated how everything came full circle with the writing. Uh, the reference to Superman. Even the reference to the Floribundas. Everything was wrapped up nicely. It was a feel-good moment for Corey and his father. Um, there are going to be a lot of other ones. It's called foreshadowing. I'm talking about the next episode. Shh. I would give Season 1, Episode 2, On the Fence, I'm going to give it 4 out of 5 Feenies. I liked that Minkus was introduced. I wish he had a little bit more uh, to do in the episode. I liked that Sean was there. But again, not a lot of time given to him. So I look forward to seeing more of him in future episodes. And still, no Depenga Lawrence. But she's coming up real soon. And so... But otherwise, I thought it was a well-done episode, well-written episode, entertaining, some good funny one-liners, good heartfelt ending. Four out of five Feenies. So this is Brandon signing off for episode two of the Mammy's Worlds podcast. I mentioned my Twitter account a couple times already, but please follow me on Twitter at MMWPod. That is MMWPOD. Please follow my producer slash editor at Mikey underscore C. Please follow his company, his website, whatever you want to call it, who hosts our podcast at Fans Not Experts. You can listen to Man Meets World now on YouTube, Stitcher, FansNotExperts.com, and iTunes. Please go to iTunes. Subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, download, 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 listen, listen, listen. Just go to iTunes, search Mammy's World Podcast, 
or Mammy's World, it will pop up. Please subscribe, download, listen, spread the word. We want to build the fan base without a doubt. And if you'd be so kind, do like Amy Johnson and leave a review. Hopefully a five-star review like she left. But if not, at least leave a four-star review. Even if it's a bad review, leave a review. But hopefully it's a good review. So, thank you for tuning in. I look forward to next time where we look at Season 1, Episode 3, called Father Knows Less. Class Dismissed. Fans not experts.